recorded live. For our record and brother priest, today is April 25th, 2017. Um, I placed in the uh, university uh, a video and audio. The video I placed in because I've been having troubles um, dealing with some security issues with the with the university site. However, um, let's see where people are at. Uh, Brother Shedrick, uh, did you get a chance to watch the video? Hashallah for another red record. This is Brother Cedric, and yes, I did uh, watch the video. I watched it yesterday, and then I watched it again today because I, I, it was a lot of um, things that I just was kind of curious about. Um, I, as I was watching this woman try to explain what she why she thought, you know, what they were doing was uh, corrupt. You know, a woman had to ask her again. She said, you, you know, you said it was illegal, you know, or how is it illegal, or where's the laws that says it's illegal? So did she, you know, she danced around, the, you know, the whole uh, such and such and blah, blah, blah. They have this connection with China and Jared this and Kushner that. So... um one of the things that I did take to heart was the fact that the uh, subject of the, the the subject matter was that Ivanka had three trademarks, and then they went on and discussed how she placed her business inside of a trust, and uh, she talked about the independent trustees, and uh, Gail asked her, she said, "But these independent trustees just so happen to be, you know, your uh, siblings or related siblings," and she said, "Yeah." Um, but they're independent, um, you know, and I honor, you know, uh, the, you know, the documents that says so. Um, so I decided to look up what an independent uh, trustee was, and it was basically someone that doesn't necessarily benefit from the trust, um, you know, the trustees basically are people who are not related to the person who uh, who is the owner of the trust. Uh, there's no there's no personal relationship with these people, so on and so forth. Um, but I was just kind of curious as to um, well, let me also say this: Jared's uh, Jared Kushner's brother. Uh, um, from what I've gathered, was the one who's actually uh, acting as the independent trustee over the trust, of which uh, Ivanka, uh, $50 million business is in. She says she has no, uh, she doesn't run it, but she does own it. And I guess when, you know, we went over, you know, several times about what a trust is, um, even in that video that we went over a couple of, uh, probably maybe, like maybe a month and a half ago, the guy was talking about, um, you know, how 
it is better to control than to own only because the uh, hold on for a minute. Our uh, uh, minister priest, Akazim, just uh, texted me on Facebook and asked me, isn't third degree class tonight? And I don't even know what to respond. Tell him to contact Brother Priest. Yes, because yes, it's tonight, but he needs to contact me. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, um, just to finish everything up, um, I was when I looked up what an independent um trustee was, it was basically someone that doesn't necessarily have any ties to um any personal or corporate or um. Uh, beneficial ties to that particular trust. Um, but I guess the, you know, the question at hand is how is each one of these members profiting if they have accepted uh, the uh, accepted the contract which states that they cannot benefit while they are operating under the United States, um, the United States uh, administration? Um, I guess I'm kind of still uh, dealing with that aspect. But other than that, it just gave me a new perspective of how trusts are ran. And it just goes to show you that these people have, you know, they understand real estate enough to incorporate into incorporate it into United States politics. Um, I yield. Very insightful, brother. Um yeah, very insightful. So, Achlin, did you get a chance to see it? Because I got a specific question for you. Um, I had a chance to view it a couple times. When you first uh, saw it, what's the first thing that came to your mind that caught your attention? Very first thing that came to my mind was um, that the public can barely hear you, brother. Can you hear me now? That's a little better, yeah. So the, the very first thing that came to my mind is that the public is crazy as hell. <laughs> Are you there, brother? You went out. Can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, that's better. Clear. That's very clear. Okay, cool. So yeah, my 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 initial thoughts were the public is crazy as hell. Um, you know, it's pure madness that they don't comprehend um, law. You know, because my my thing is. Everything that that Trump is doing, that is what you teach us. You know, we've been talking about this stuff. I know since I've been in uh, third degree, but obviously longer because third degree is, you know, a couple years old at this point. Right. But everything that that they're scoffing at, you know, when when you look at it, okay, she set up a trust, um, and. Her, her, basically, her brother-in-law is the trustee of the trust. Mm-hmm. So then I just go back to scripture, and I'm like, "Am I my brother's keeper?" Yeah, you're, you, you are, 
But see, the people that are, are trying to evaluate this is based on being in a, in a public common language mindset, and they, they don't really comprehend, you know, they're, they're I mean, they're idolaters, I mean, period, point blank. They don't see, they, they don't see the sensibility in that. They don't see the, the reasonableness in that. They don't see the truth in it. Your brother, like, I was doing some, some uh, trust study, and in some trusts, they actually have a position that is called trust defender. So when I think about that, I'm like, who would be the best, arguably, the best defender for your trust other than a competent brother? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it was, um, I was just like, wow, man. <laughs> that was all uh you know, the, the entire time she was talking, it's just like, wow, because they really don't get it. I mean, you're talking about you know, this whole concept of a kleptocracy, and they're saying, well, this has never happened before in the history of uh, America. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's wrong because, okay. <laughs> you, you, you know, you're looking at it through your your, your vision is, is, is tainted. And the thing is, is to me, and, and, you know, this is just my humble opinion. To me, it's the most glaring, transparent example of the fact that this United States corporation thing really is a family business. And if you don't see that now, it's like, to me, you're never going to see it. So that, that that's what I have on that, brother. I yield. Um, Shalom. Um Chief Minister, before you go on, um, brothers, he wanted to know exactly when do you need him to call you? Um, tell him to call me tomorrow, uh, anytime tomorrow afternoon after 12 noon. Okay. I will alert, I will alert him, brother. Thank you, sir. Um, you know, I mean, man, that was very insightful, brother. Uh, that put some things on my mind. Um, it, it, you know, it, it was like I followed Donald Trump. I read his books like 15 years or, or maybe longer. I, I kind of really, he's actually part of my inspiration for getting into real estate. It's some teachers that ended up with, with investing in. Uh, one moment. Somebody needs to go on mute. Somebody needs to go on mute. Um. Anyway, I started with my teachers, but you know they set it off. They gave us their charge, um, but it continued um, through my readings. Russ Whitney, Carlton Sheets, John Beck. Donald Trump. Those are the first people that I investigated, and I learned from each of them, each and every one of them. Um, and for me, Carlton was the best. But anyhow, um, Donald Trump. Uh, when I was reading his stuff, oh, the other guy, the he/she guy. What is that guy's name? I can't remember now. Um, Oh, boy, how do I forget his name? Dean Graziogi. There you go. Thank you. 
<laughs> Dean Graziosi. I, I read his books. Uh, I read two of his books. Yeah, I read two of his books. And um, so those are the five people. John Beck, Dean Graziosi, Carlton Sheep, Donald Trump, and um, who did I just miss? Uh, oh, Russ Whitney. Russ Whitney. So um, I went through a lot of that material, but he stood out. But here's what really uh, struck me about this whole thing, that Ivana, Ivanka Trump is married. She has children. She is following the example that her father laid out for her, and he has influence in her life. And I'm not talking about from a government perspective because the government perspective is uh, is a, a whole nother thing. But I'm talking about the fact that she has the type of knowledge that is um, not even hidden. <laughs> like, it's out there in the public, and it's like the people don't get what they're doing now that's one way to look at it but anyhow brother robert what are your thoughts on it no brother to be quite honest uh i really didn't get a chance to uh look at the video i'm just basically hearing um just from the brothers what they were speaking about um that there was some involvement with the trust um, trustees having the brother-in-law as being the trustee. Um, I, you know, I can't really give a proper assessment because I don't have the information. Um, but I will just say that it was really, really, um, really, really mysterious that at first uh, Trump was out there campaign, campaigning about Chinese, the China being a currency manipulator, and then he came back out and retracted that statement. So, I mean, it's just, it's just, that's, that's all I can offer, brother. My apologies. No problem, brother. No problem. Yeah. And there's some other really deep things. I'm that, that it was one thing in particular that I'm trying to see if somebody's going to point out, but, um, uh, brother Kedrick, uh, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah. It, it's like Brother Lynn said. It's interesting that these things are likely out in the public, in their face, and the people just don't get it. They find the actions that what they're doing to be offensive, but in reality, it's exactly that you have instructed us over these last few years. This is the mannerism after which the world is run. And it's um, it's behold right before your face. And I'm just waiting for the moment when they declare themselves king and queen of America. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know the people will the people will seriously fall out. But I don't think it's beyond beyond the realm of possibility. Because only a handful of people truly understand what's going on. And they, mm. they could possibly 
they could possibly conceivably get away with it and 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 have the the backing of the corporation. <laughs> I hear. Oh my lord! Wow. I see what you mean, though. Wow, that's really, really interesting. Man. Lord, Lord, Lord. Here, you know what's crazy is like, for me, understand six years ago, now I've been talking about, I've been preaching about this since like 05, 06. I, I was preaching about this on the streets of Detroit and, and doing various lectures. And Well, I was showing my DVD movies and stuff like that. And um, they, people, they didn't understand what I was talking about when I was talking about trust and stuff. And um, people in the nation rebelling. Well, I don't want to learn that or this. Well, let me just make it plain. Tobias, <laughs> rebelling. I don't want to learn real estate. Never say that to me. Go and say that to everybody else. Then starts telling particular people, um, two of the brothers that was in some of the classes, um, we don't need to be learning no real estate. We need to be learning such, 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 such. And missing the point entirely, which is, we're not learning real estate. We're learning reality. <laughs> We're learning everything you've been learning. That's why it's the third degree. You're learning everything you've been studying from nucleus on to this degree. You're learning true name, Aboriginal title, uniform commercial code. You're learning negotiable instruments, how to properly contract, how to, how to uh, deal with debts. You're learning all of that in the real estate. And you're learning history and spirituality, and you don't even realize it if all you're looking at is just transactions in real estate. That's not what this is about. It's to give us, it's to bring us full circle. Do, do you understand what I'm saying, Lynn? Can you explain that in your words if you see that? Shalom. Uh, can you hear me? Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what we learn. I mean, to me, it's like you're learning life. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I like, like I give you a good example. My entire life, um, well, I won't say my entire life, but um, my entire professional life, you know, I've worked as a um, as an IT professional, and most of the time, I've always done that as a um, a contractor or a consultant. And before you know, I came to the nation and I started learning, you know, about reality, <laughs> it never would have dawned on me that, you know, like like in real estate, you, you talk about buying holes. Or uh, or flip, right? And the thing is, is that you working as a contractor or a consultant, you 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 are the flip. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They they contract they they contract you at 
a rate from your broker, and this is the reason why I, you know, I've said in the past, man, you got to have a broker mentality about your life. And if you understand the things that um, the, the said government is doing on your behalf, it, 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 it sh- you should be paying them a fee, you know, in, in the form of taxes, because because you're incompetent. And so the same thing occurs even on a you know even on an individual level. Like I said, they'll contract you at a certain rate. Because they're they're your mouthpiece because you you don't deal directly with the company they deal directly with the company so they'll offer you a rate um, for work but what they bill um, the client is going to be higher than what the what the rate is that they offer you so that whole concept of flipping I mean the, the easiest way to do it or to me the more the most transparent way of seeing it is through real estate. And then once you see see it, you know, through something that's external to you, you keep growing in these studies, and then you real you realize, well, well, damn, I am the real estate, you know. And even the way they deal the, the way they deal with you in the course, I mean, you are the real estate. So really, it's more so, you know, in, in my opinion, it's it's really giving you a holistic view of really what what manifest civilization is. Or the the reality of of the manifest reality of civilization is is buyers, is sellers, is, is commerce. Commerce is fundamental, and you're either going to be in the mind state of uh, uh, a creditor, or you're going to be in the mind state of a debtor. Plain and simple, you got to make a choice. And I yield. Thank you more for that, brother. I thank the most high Almighty for that because the words you just used and how to sum that up. It's point to the T of what I've been trying to say the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like until you get to that mind and you can see it like that, once you can see it like that, now you're actually awake, not sitting under a tree like the Buddha or, or, or you know, sitting under a tree for elongated periods of time and then all of a sudden, oh, I reached enlightenment. Okay, misunderstanding of what he did. Not flying on a magic donkey, not walking on water. People are fascinated with that stuff, right? But when it comes down to actually explaining what is for real going on, on this earth, they turn a blind eye. They think it's unnecessary and it's useless. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Uh, well, let me see. Here we go. Brother Bernard, uh, what are your thoughts? Shalom, Ak, born on the record, Ak Bernard, child of Judah. Man, just like uh, Ak Robert, I didn't get a chance to see the video. I'm traveling right now, so I'm going to check it out when I get home, but just listening to the, the comments and the feedback from uh, what the brothers are saying and, and me just relating it to the scriptures is how our forefathers contracted and doing things the correct way as a creditor, as a creditor and doing things as a slave. And, you know, and, and what you've been teaching us in this nation is how to um, rechange our way of thinking and how we handle our affairs the correct way until we comprehend that totally you know we're still going to struggle but you know just what we're learning in here 
is how to do it the right way. How, and when you sign your name on those documents, you either know what you're doing or you don't. So, I mean, that's just from the feedback that I'm listening to. You know, once I go up and check out the video, and everything boils down to that trust and controlling everything, not owning everything, learn how to contract. And uh, that's what I'd like to uh, offer for now, I yield. So, uh, thank you, brother. Yeah, um, for me, I see twofold. Because, cause look, from government perspective, Donald Trump is not totally innocent. And it's illegal to profit off of that office. So it's unethical also. So from a government perspective, I see where he's wrong and why it's illegal because of what's written in the law. But that's that's like, okay, that's like, if it, if I'm acting administrator and no, I'll use a better example. Antigenier, when he was with us, he he's our former ambassador at large. He, he was over in Antigua. Now, if he goes over there in the name of the nation on behalf of the nation and then cuts a deal for himself, now that's foul and the nation doesn't get a part of that deal, he shouldn't cut it. Nobody should be cutting it. If you're representing a body of people and that's why you're doing that business, you're not supposed to cut individual deals for yourself. That's unethical. It's not right. I get it. But from a real-life perspective, apparently they're used to doing this. They've been educated. They know how to actually do real business. So from that point, it's the right thing to do. But the, the problem comes in, he's all, if he's over there on behalf of the United States of America, they, his daughter, who's supposed to be a, a presidential advisor, is now supposed to be sitting in the presence of the two leaders of two countries and government cutting side deals. That's not supposed to happen in government. But guess what? If you don't understand that that's what actually, that's how this government was structured, founded, developed, just like that, literally, (laughs) when you're talking about these Pilgrims, they're coming over here, or they're talking about the the original 13 colonies. They're going over, talking on behalf of themselves, allegedly, cutting deals with the natives here, allegedly. But yet, the U.S., well, the United Kingdom still has contracts with them. So it's like they're trying to cut side deals from a government perspective, they were trying to cut a side deal and they had not severed their relationship with the United, with the United Kingdom. They hadn't. 
So from government perspective, they're wrong. But anyhow, um, Brother Hakeem, what's on your mind? On the record, Brother Hakeem, salam. Salam. What's going on through my mind is like how you've been speaking about how Bill Clinton was the one who brought China. He was like the big cheerleader for China. And now, turn around, you have Trump, Ivana Trump. I think she's going to be doing the same type of stuff as far as when I kind of researched it a little bit more. He was talking about the what the trademarks were for. But before I get into that, I, I want to go back to uh, a couple of the audios from last semester where you were speaking about the uh, in the daytime class, and you had Brother Chris read that uh, definition for exchange, and uh, it brings to mind, you know, the trade. So, but I was going to say, like, uh, how Bill Clinton was, he was like a cheerleader. Back in the, uh, turn of the, um, uh, you know, the millennium, where he was bringing them to the world stage and stuff. So, and like I started to say, I was looking into some of the stuff that, they were doing back then and what they're doing now. So they got this uh, system over there. So you're kind of giving us uh, a peek into the future. Like a lot, most of the time, you always say you we don't have to wait on nobody to do nothing. So like with China, the Chinese government granted those provisional trademarks to this country, I'm saying you're giving us a peek into the future. The nation can do the same type of stuff. And I I have a suspicion that you already didn't started on it, brother. And I yield. <laughs> well, you're correct, but you know, it's like we can't do it. We we're not really there yet because it's like look, it's not even hard. That's what's so crazy. It's easy to contact any country. It's easy to contact them through the commercial world specifically, and it's easy to get a negotiable instrument reviewed by various governments. But what they're gonna look at what they look at is. Um, for a budding or a fledgling nation, they're going to look at track history and current performance. And then from that point, that, um, what they do after you establish uh, certain things, particularly when you have enough electors, then they will look at uh, a credit score if you are operating in the International Monetary Fund. But the thing is, is um, 
I once talked to Bartholomew about this, and, and I was like, listen, I think I said this in a meeting too. At any time, six years ago, we could have written up a bond for a million dollars and got it cashed. And we could have a million dollars. And I was telling Bartholomew privately, I said, listen, man, that's not the problem. And until you can see that there's not the problem, then you won't get what this is all about. It's, it's simple. If if you got a hundred Negroes that can make a sacrifice of twenty dollars consistently, that can and do, that's all we need in order to build a million dollars. Literally, <laughs> we could build a million dollars that that way. But when you got people that are liars, stingy, um and all the other things, excuse makers, are just lazy bums, and they're claiming to be down for the people and down for the cause, then that's where our stumbling blocks come in. So our our problem is spiritual. Our problem is stop being a liar, stop being greedy and selfish, stop having such an ego that you want to be some uh, Superman and, and looked upon as some hero, and just come in and play your part. That's all it is. And then look at this. I've said this, but you brothers understand people telling me that they're on hardships that they're not on. They're not having a hardship. Is there's something wrong with them as individuals that of course, we don't want those type of people here, but if they get here, however they get here, maybe they slip through the cracks, we owe it to one another to try to help one another grow out of that because it's not like we're going to be able to just band all those type of people out of us forever because it's just impossible to know where people are at all the time before they come in. You're not going to know everything. We can do a better job, but we're not going to always get, we're not going to just have all these people out. But then what about when we take people in political asylum? They're going to be, you think these Negroes now are nuts. (laughs) These political asylum people are going to be that much more nuts. And I'm saying, seriously, when you are in this capacity of government, it is literally governmental, governing the mental conditions of the people. That is literally what it is. You have to meet them where they are psychologically, know how to communicate with them directly, and how to classify them in government. You have to do it. And if you don't, if you're waiting for everybody to be masterminds, uh, you go, you gonna wait for centuries, but you do need a certain amount of people to be able to be competent, which we have enough people here that are. We can talk this stuff amongst us like never before. I mean, this class specifically, like never before in this nation, we can talk this stuff amongst us, and it's it really. You can see that we have grown. We've intellectually grown. Our reasoning abilities have grown. 
Now, we haven't been able to totally match that in our performance, but that's okay because once the mentality is there, the performance is just a matter of time before it kicks in. So, anyhow, um, Ahlin, where are you at with all of this in general? What's on your mind? Well, with respect to, um, you know, I would say the, <clears throat> excuse me, the video and the, and, the, and the conversation, you know, I, I try to stay out of these, like, political arguments, you know, right, left, uh, you know, conservative, liberal, yada, yada, yada. But I, I got to say, man, <laughs> Democrats, these, these liberals are, are, I mean, I, I go back to to what Malcolm X said, the brother Malcolm X. He, he said that democracy is is democracy. It comes from the Greek and it means ruled by demons. And in listening to this this alleged investigative journalist describe what is going on with the Trump's family, it literally is like, from a, from a familial standpoint, they're doing everything right. And, and, and you know, some, some of the things that they have going on as far as the relationships, um, you know, having the ability to be able to not go outside of your family to find somebody that is competent enough to actually be your keeper, you know, in, in, in the commercial sense, and you, you, you vilify them for that. I mean, it's just, (laughs) to me, it's just almost like the, the, a lie is the truth and the truth is a lie. I mean, it's, it's just completely topsy turvy. Um, but the, here's the other thing that, that I caught in that as well. So toward when she got further into that video, um, she was uh, talking about Jared's brother, uh, Josh. And she said that Josh actually has been able to create a, a health care business that yep. has been recently evaluated at $2.7 billion, and it was predicated on off of Obamacare. So when I thought about that, and then I think about what just happened with this recent um, health care defeat, I'm like, I, I, I'm, I'm convinced, man, it's, this is smoke and mirrors. It, it's, it's literally smoke and mirrors. It's, there's a policing going on. And because the people don't comprehend what's going on on the planet, they 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 relegate it to, um, you know, emotional reasons as to why their life circumstances are the way they are. Your, your life circumstance is what it is because you 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 revel in foolishness. That that's the issue. You don't really know what was, you know, making making this uh this commercial base civilization go around. Um, so with with that defeat, my my thinking is to me that that, that whole um, you know that whole fiasco, the whole exercise to me was just 
It's like a red herring. He deliberately, <laughs> if you notice the, the posturing um, and the way that this this arm of the media that he's trying to uh, create has um, portrayed this thing, he basically, they they rushed it through. He was being advised that there's not enough meat in this to actually um, get a vote, but he kept pushing, 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 and it was almost like, okay, you know, I mean, you got advisors. I mean, that was the one thing that you've always touted is the fact that, you know, you put the proper people in the proper places, you know, to make proper decisions. And I'm sure you were receiving um, advisement or counsel to say that, you know, this is not trivial. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's going to take a take some effort, you know, to, to to have the desired effect, you know, and to actually provide some return to your constituents. And for me, it just seems like he rushed that through knowing that, you know, it, it would have been a um, – I would say uh, a, a wash because, hey, we did try it, but we can always use the Democrats as, as a scapegoat to say that, you know, they're the reason why we couldn't push it through because we didn't have enough votes. Also, but but the other thing is that you don't know that behind the scenes he has a family member that has a vested interest in this thing continuing on the way it is to the tune of $2.7 billion. I mean, come on, man. Then, after that, when it when it's all said and done, immediately he shifts his attention to um, tax reform. You know, it, and it was almost as it, it was almost the only 180 that he has done that's been bigger than that is this whole thing with bombing Syria. You know, so to me, you know, at the end of the day, we're never gonna. Well, I won't. I won't say we won't, because I mean we know what's going on. But I'm just saying the the public at large, they're never going to be able to make heads or tails of this until they get out of their emotions and actually do some truth seeking and some studying and become confident, you know, in matters of law. I mean that's that's the only way, you know, you you if you don't know the rules to the game, you're never going to win it. You, you're never gonna win. You'll be you play a hundred games. You're gonna be 0 for 100. You know, and that's that, that's what they're you know that's that's what they're dealing with right now. So um, I yell, brother. You know what, brother? That is what I was hoping somebody was gonna bring out because essentially, if you overlook that, if you if you overlook that, if you don't notice that. That is straight out smoke in mirrors. There's no other way. How is it Donald Trump is out in the public blasting Obamacare, but his son-in-law is for Obamacare and built a business off of the platform of Obamacare that is worth billions? Now, that is smoke in mirrors. That is clear. (laughs) <laughs> when I saw that, I said, "Oh my God!" Now, now, what you think about it is an individual perspective is one thing, but if it's not clear that that 
he what he's doing what he did is he's attack Obamacare, say how it's lousy in the public, right? But all along his family is profiting off of it. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. What are you what are your thoughts, Brother Cedric? Are you there, Brother Shedrick? Yes, sir. Shalom. I was trying to get the code off my phone. Um, I um, I think that, like I said earlier, obviously they really um thought this through. Um, in terms of well, in terms of the trust aspect and setting that up, um. Um, because they knew that it would protect whatever it is that they, you know, planned on doing. Um, I thought this was really interesting, the the conversation you guys were just having, because I remember earlier in that video with a woman, um, she bust out and said, she called it a, she called it a a piggy bank. (laughs) She's saying they're taxing the people. (laughs) And, well, she didn't say they were taxing the people, but what I realized is through this um, uh, quote-unquote Oscar that the guy set up, uh, they can impose their own form of taxation. And this will be another way for them to... uh, bring a whole lot more money to uh, their business that they claim they don't have any, uh, any um, I guess you could say, control over, now that they put it inside of a trust. But it just goes to show you that once they, once these people were able to understand real estate um, and realize that the real estate laws can pretty much apply anywhere, I guess they figure, hey, why not? The people are asleep. We can go ahead and get this out of the way, and we can make money off it while we're still in here, you know, whether it be these four years or these eight years. But, you know, another interesting thing is I I never really gave it any thought as to, you know, them, uh, uh, I guess you could say throwing salt on Obamacare, um, but then turning around and then creating this other health care um business under right under people's notices noses and um it just goes to show you when you know when you aren't aware these are the things that happen um so much that they happen right in front of your face and the people don't know what to do because they don't understand real estate and they don't understand the laws that uh embody this particular uh a part of commerce, something that we're learning now, um, you know, it's a, it's one of those things that, you know, Hakeem had said earlier, is preparing us for, you know, things can eventually come. Um, on that note, rather, I yield. Yeah, you know what? I stated before, this is a takeover plan. And the reason why it really is is because 
one is destiny. It's like once you wake up and understand what's actually going on, then you see that bodies of people that have committed genocides against others do not go unanswered for. So how does it work? If a being doesn't doesn't express their rights, they don't have any to express, and they won't be recognized. If such a being is being abused and mass genocide is being placed upon them, it may be coming from natural law. It may be coming from nature itself, yes, but if the party that's committing genocide is actually doing that and the parties that are victims of it don't know how to stand up for themselves, express themselves, and get the remedy that they deserve, it's going to keep on happening. And the scripture says that they're going to be slaves that will be perpetual slaves forever. And the whole point is, I can tell you, I see too many Negro, Negro men that are lying to themselves, talking about they don't want to be slaves. They don't have the least bit of will whatsoever to do what it really takes to be free. And it's not going out having to kill somebody. Because, like, essentially, like, look, Japan gets reparations. Israel gets reparations. Both of them have claimed themselves as nations. Negroes won't get reparations being black and being disorganized and not be a conglomerate body of one. But those of us that do this, now a collective can go to world court as a nation and shut America down and make it a servant. Why? Because, because look, look, as much as they owe the bankers, as much as they owe China, which is secondary to the bankers, it doesn't matter because the, the war crimes that they've committed outweighs anything that they've done to done with uh Japan, China, or the international bankers. These are these are actual war crimes. Brother Freeze, this is Alex Shadrick. You will not believe it, brother, but we had the same conversation just last Thursday. I kid you not. <laughs> we really? had the same exact conversation I, I on everything. Me, uh, Ema, uh, Gavin, Alex, we all had this con- the same conversation just last Thursday, and you brought it right back up. <laughs> Listen, Man, it's crazy. Well, that shows that we're in harmony. Yes. But um, ultimately, like, if, you, if you're if you going to just sit back and claim to be black and, 
oh, they're, they don't like us because of our skin color, but you can't organize. Brother Robert, was it you that said, uh, I think this was, what, 2014, you told me about Hillary talking to Black Lives Matter, I think it was. Do you remember that? Uh, it might not have been me, but I do remember when she was speaking to the Black Lives Matter. Well, if it wasn't you, I thought it was you, but um, it was brought to my attention that Hillary said, or was it shit? I can't remember who it was. Somebody said it. It was. It was you, Brother Cedric? Yes, sir. Okay. She said, look, we can't even talk to you unless you are organized into a group. (laughs) We can't even talk to you. (laughs) So what are you talking about? You know, like, she's like, she's telling them. Yep. You're black. Listen, she's talking to the leaders of Black Lives Matter who have who have a, a organization to some degree. I don't know how it's structured, but she's telling a functional body of people, or at least in the way that they're doing it, that they need to be organized and then come back and then she can talk to them and help them. Now, that just shows you the level of ignorance that our people are at. And it shows you that they're not against us like we think, you know? I mean, there are some that are, without a doubt, but it's not the people that we think. So we can do better. We're going to do better. And when it's all said and done, it's starting to show itself as this nation is leading the thinking of the future of our people. What's on your mind, Brother Kendrick? I'm just an observer of life. I've seen all these things come and go many times before. I've heard these same conversations from different different aspects, different groups of people. And it's all basically the same truism. Unless you come together as a body of people, you are not going to get anything done. Because everything else is smoke and mirrors. When I first got this job, there were two older men working here. And we used to talk individually. And the conversation came up a couple of times where both of these gentlemen on separate occasions admitted this conversation with me that all of this is nothing but smoking mirrors. Hmm. You you can't take any of it on face value. And I was I was saying to myself, wow, finally somebody has validated what I've been thinking about all along. And I was like, yes sir, yep, you're absolutely right. <laughs> 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 but we, we as a body of people, as a group of men, we have come a long way from where we started out to where we are now. There's only a handful of people who will see 
what we see in the depth of which we see it. And I hope and pray that we will be able to continue this work and enlighten the minds of a lot more people to join us. But there will always be cannon fodder. There will always be the disorganized masses, and they won't they won't get it. Unfortunately, there will always be those group of people who will be willing slaves. But for the rest of us, let us band together and make the world happen. I yield. Amen. All praises to the Most High. <laughs> yes, sir. And, you know, um, I want to stress this. You you all got to really grasp what I'm about to share with you. You got to really grasp this. We get 1,500 emails a day. A day. Even from closed, um, closed email accounts, we're getting... 1,500 average a day. So Lynn shared something with me today. A Taj Tariq Bay video conveniently in the background playing the DVD that I made, The Missing Link, The the Matrix Unplugged, and at the beginning of it, you see it say (laughs) T-O-T-M-H. What? <laughs> wow. Listen, it's the video that I did back in 06. It's what I did. The Missing Link, The Matrix Unplugged. And at at the beginning, so Lynn is like, um, you know, you, you might, you, you have a keen eye, you might notice something that's in this video. Boom. Soon as it comes on, Right behind, it's another guy that comes on before Todd's. I couldn't watch the rest of it. I, I don't. I'm not interested in that. But I saw that part. <laughs> so, I, when I saw that, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, "Holy smokes, man!" And from the scientific perspective, it's like I was a, a younger scientific mind, and um. I didn't know enough about Taj, but what I did know about him, I think was very good and very helpful. And although, you know, I think some of the stuff was crazy, I do have to say from my life, I was taught to study for and against. So even though things might be sound crazy or look irrational, or whatever that's that helps in our growth the fact that we can analyze it and separate it that's one of the reasons why um when when i'm posting these things from lloyd williams it's like can we see this can we now balance it can we now pick it apart and reason through it and say hey this is what he was missing and you know that was the whole point because that's the same path that i came through and i know if he could produce that minded me, it could do it in somebody else. So that was a shock, um, but it was a pleasant surprise. 
And I stated before, I met Tyrs, I brought him to Detroit. I walked up to him. Um, I said, uh, good afternoon, sir. Um, I'm the one that did the missing link, the Matrix Unplugged. And uh, he just looked at me, he smiled. And um, he said, I said, I'm Brother Priest. I'm the one that did the missing link, the Matrix Unplugged. And he smiled, and it just hit me because it felt like it was a genuine good thing. He said, I'm going to send you some more stuff. Do whatever you want to do with it. That's exactly what he said to me. Do whatever you want to do with it. And um, I was like, wow. You know, really, that really meant a lot to me. And um, meeting Dr. Ali Muhammad, we brought him to Detroit. And the response that I was getting from these brothers um, from that DVD, it, it started, it, it was germinating in me to see, like, I didn't even really try. If I really tried, if I really consciously put my mind on it, I'm like, I could see how the prophets were able to write the future. I could see, because it's like I was living it for the first time because I was putting it down, uh, going over it scientifically. If I use this element and this element, what is it going to produce? If I put this here or this here, if I flash it four times this way, is it going to put that in the memory? Is it going to go into the subconscious? I'm studying all of this. So then when I did it and put it out there, all of a sudden an explosion of Moors and Hebrew Israelites came out of nowhere, (laughs) like out of nowhere. And the one thing it told me that I'm not – ever going to forget, look, we, the divine scientific mind is the mind of the Most High Almighty incarnated into you, that which they call the Holy Spirit. It's not a being or a man that is without flaws or mistakes. It's the decision-making in the man of how he deals with that, flaws and mistakes, or what have you. And when you can calculate from observational science, based on facts now, now you're entering into the mind of the prophets that can predict the future, or they can determine the future, which is why our ancestors went and got those Khazars and trained them and told them, look, my people are going to fall. We're sitting you in place. When they wake up, you know what to do. So when I went to, I, I, I don't know if you all have ever heard me say this, but I've said it somewhere, but I'm going to say it again. I went to court. This is before the nation. This is like 08. And I did a 1040V. I think it was. I think it was a 10. No, it might have been a 1040 miscellaneous. One of the ones, the little tiny slip. No, it was the V. It was the voucher. 1040 voucher, I think it was. Okay. 
I went and found the court case, court cases in the courts. Attached a 1040 uh, voucher to it. Sent it to the IRS and sent it to the Treasury. I got stopped by the police. Maybe, no, actually, not only stopped, I got, this is the day that I went into jail after finding out that Kiyama was in jail and nobody had heard from him. Nobody knew what jail he was in for like three days. And I went off on those brothers. Like, how the hell are y'all calling yourselves a brotherhood? You don't even know where your brother is for three days. I was pissed. So I, I'm like, man, I'm going to go find him. Lo and behold, police pull me over. They arrest me. I'm arguing with them because I'm still ticked off. I'm like, look, man, just take me to, to the jail. Because I told the police this. I'm like, you all don't know the law. Just take me to the magistrate or whoever. And I turned around, threw my hands behind my back, and was like, just take me. Let's go. Wrong. I was upset. Ego out. I shouldn't have done that. But I end up in the jail that Kiyama was in. So when I walk in, this is, this is going to be very important. You'll see why. When I walk in, they're trying to indict me. I mean, they're trying to fingerprint me and all these different things, right? And um, the the guy ran the record. He ran my record. Now, I knew that something had taken place at this particular court. I knew that I owed this court $200. I consciously knew this. And this was right before I had gotten most of my stuff or all of it uh, straightened out. I knew I owed them $200. It wasn't even up for debate. The guy pulls my record, comes to the, to the uh, holding cell, and places it up on the window. Boom. Is that you? And I look at it, and that thing was gone. I had placed it on that voucher. I had placed the exact amount. I sent it to the IRS, and it was gone. And I said to myself, what the hell did I just do? Okay, now, fast forward. I started doing different things like that, communicating with the IRS directly, or agents anyway. And I started to see all of the favor that they were showing us that they were showing me specifically and us in general. And then I remembered the covenant of Noah to Yafes. I remember he owed a certain, uh, he owed, Noah owed a certain type of um, favor to them, which later on the Israelites ended up um, doing business with Ashkenazis several different times, and it was never a problem. So as I was remembering that, then the Lord was taking me through the scriptures and showing it to me, showing it to me, showing it to me. Damn. They are the gatekeepers. They're holding, they're different than the ones that's running around Israelis versus Palestinians. They're not the same. I'm telling you, these people have wiped out debts for me. I'm telling you the God honest truth, they've done it. 
I mean, at least as let me rephrase it. At least is how it appears to me, because I sent it directly to the IRS. Now, how can you explain if I send something to the IRS and then all of a sudden the debt that's on a court record is erased? You know, it was like three, four months later, and it's erased. Come on, man. And I and I was like, wait a minute. They're helping us. The IRS was helping us. I sent. I I, I found out another thing of how you sick the IRS. I forget what the form is, but you sick the IRS on somebody to do an investigation. I forget the name of the form, but it's one of those. 1093 forms or something where if somebody comes against you, you can um, send the IRS after them like a debt collector and it's almost like an audit without being audited. I started hitting everybody with that thing. I hit the mortgage company. I hit the city. I hit the state. I was hitting everybody with that thing and I was getting success. That's part of my life story. But anyway, anybody want to say anything, talk about anything? I'm pouring on the record. This is not Clinton. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So would you say that, I mean, based on, on that description, it almost sounds like the IRS, I mean, I understand that they're the bookkeepers, but it almost seems like, they're the modern-day Hashashim, because anytime you mention the IRS to anybody, it's like they're quivering in their boots. I don't care what it is. Did you say Constantine? Hashashim. I can't understand you. Oh, Hashashim? You said ha? Correct. Correct. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, I have to agree with you because they are shivering for no reason. I love the IRS, to be flat out honest with you. I would rather have a debt with them than I, I would I would take a debt from them, to be honest with you, because they're reasonable. I'm telling you, it, once you flip your mind, all everybody's shivering in their boots over the IRS because the United States is shivering in their boots. That's why. But once you flip your mind, they are not a problem. They go, they will eliminate debts for you. I'm telling you. Because, <laughs> like, they'll read your documents. One of the problems is you got to remember that there's always agents that are, that are not, they don't really understand their job or, you know, they make mistakes. So you, sometimes you get an agent that's just brand new and totally incompetent. Um, sometimes you get agents that don't really know whether what you're doing is right or wrong, but every now and then you get that one that is got it all together. And, and what happens is, um, if you understand how to talk to them, the bankers are going to look at the agents and find the errors and they're going to, they're going to forgive you for it. They're gonna blame their own their own agents, and they are not gonna hold you accountable. <laughs> They're not. I, everybody I've told this in my life did not believe me until they did it. When I was in Detroit telling people this, they did not believe me. 
so I'm a I'm gonna describe something that in the past I have um, not stated who it is, but I'm gonna tell you who it is today. Motion to redact this from the record on a need to know basis. Jaquim's son, one of his sons. Did I tell anybody this, by the way, what I'm about to say about Jaquim's son? Does anybody remember me mentioning this? No. Okay. Jaquim's son did a um, 1099 OID, and he got $84,000 back. Okay, so what happened was uh, Jaquim told me about it, and I said to him, "Was he had the right status to do that?" And he was like, "No." I mean, he was like, "I don't know. What do you mean?" I'm like, you have to be listed in a certain capacity to be able to do that with a 1099 OID. So I said, if not, I said three years to the date that he collected that money, if he didn't, if he didn't sign his name correctly or whatever, three years to the date, they're going to come back and ask for the money. God is my witness. <laughs> Probably a year later, Jaquin called me up, man, the is coming after my son. They want him to pay this $84,000 back. What do I do? I said, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. They showed up to his house. They came directly to his house looking for his son. So me and Jaquin were talking about it, and I said, it's really simple. He said, man, they're trying to take him to court. I said, if they take you to court, if they take him to court, that's good. Just trust me on this. It's good. Trust me, you have nothing to worry about. If you don't hear me now, once you get to that court, it's going to show itself. So I said to him, it is this simple. I said, if they cut your son $84,000 check, I don't care what he did with the money. I don't care what he did wrong. It is not his error. It is theirs. And you tell them that on the record. And then they have the obligation to rebut it. Now ask yourself, now listen, what's in my mind at the time? I know that the guy wasn't under the right status because you're supposed to be a tax-exempt entity, to do that. Okay, well, that's one of the statuses anyway you're supposed to be able to do to do that. I know he's not under the right status. So me knowing that, I know if they cut him a check, that's not his error. So I know that if you put that on the record and try to, try to have them rebut it, they can't. Does anybody see this? Is anybody confused? Am I on the line? Can anyone hear me? Oh, Jesus. Okay. Okay. So, that means if it's their error, 
that means most likely what happens, I, I just saw this too many times. All this stuff was new to those agents. The agents didn't know whether it was right or wrong. Some of them passed them through in ignorance. I'm talking about the, 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 the clerk, the manager, the supervisor. I'm talking about all of them. I understood that they didn't understand, and some of them made the mistakes of passing it through. Some of them were just lazy, not paying attention. Some of them just, just passed it through. But I also knew that the international bankers understand in commerce that they cannot fault someone else for their own employees' errors. And guess what happened? It was forgiven, and it went away. Now, I could see that so clearly. This ain't got nothing to do with me knowing a bunch of laws and that I can quote. I'm not using that. I'm using common damn sense. <laughs> common sense. Civility. Me knowing that the IRS, the international bankers, excuse me, are fair and just. I absolutely get that. If, if, if nobody on the earth is, they are. They are fair and just. And when you point that out to them where they've made that error, they will bite it. They will eat it. They will take that loss. Believe me, every single time I have done this with anybody, it has worked. The, the point is it works because it's the real remedy. It's not a trick. It's the real truth. So that's why I say I'd rather deal with them because countless number of times I have seen too many times where they are not interested in hurting people. I was with Madudi. Madudi, who was uh he was a uh, one of my friends in Detroit, he was with uh Dr. York and he introduced me to a lot of stuff that I started to realize he didn't even understand. But one day he takes me to the IRS building and he has them zero out um, I think it was like $75,000 debt right in front of our eyes, right there. The clerks, lady clerk did it right there. Then a couple of, maybe two years later, he comes back again, $100,000 debt, goes down to the IRS, local IRS office. They zero it out. The duty comes back to me. We're sitting at McDonald's. This is 2012. Hidden colors that just came out. And I was, and, and he was like, man, he stole this from you. Yeah, okay, whatever. So he did steal it from me. But anyway, um, hidden colors that just came out. So it was 2012, 2013. And he showed me over $200,000 in debt and $100,000 had already been wiped out. Now, how did he do it? When I first met him back in 07, he did accept it for value. He showed me where they kept sending it back to him and kept charging him $5,000, $5,000, frivolous filing, frivolous filing, frivolous filing. Then eventually, about a year later, he showed me the whole track record now. He showed me the discharge. So 
first thing I wanted to know is why is it discharged a year later? Why wasn't it originally just discharged? So I tried to analyze this and break this down. So then I'm saying, okay, either somebody made a mistake, somebody didn't know what they were doing, or somebody made a mistake from the beginning, some superiors reviewed it, and then cleared it. So then I looked at when it was filed. He filed the A for V during the tax season. And that's when I knew that's it. So when I started doing that, it was working every single time. Now I learned some other stuff since then, but anyway, what's on your mind, Brother Robert? Yes, sir, brother. Just been back listening to a lot of things that you just brought up, brother, man. You know, it's just well, everything that you've been telling us, man, you know, um, that you have to look at things in the mind of in the mind of law. Your mind has to be reconditioned from your idolatry and uh, residue from being, uh, you know, bond servant and slave um, in the individual in that capacity to turn your mind over into the law. Uh, when you sit back and you think about it, I was just listening to a lot of things he was saying. A lot of things um, that you navigate through life, when you put it in a certain perspective, it's like a big, like, it's just like a court case in a lot of situations. When you look at it, it's just a big, big court case. And if your mind is conditioned to that point where uh, you stay in tune with matters of law and you think in that capacity, um, there are situations where the remedy can take care of itself as long as you understand law and you have that capacity to reason in that as the law. So, yeah, that's my piece. How you go, brother? Uh, brother Bernard, what's on your mind? Shalom. Yeah, you know, just just listening to uh, the feedback and, you know, my my testimony, just being in this nation – and learning that you have a remedy and that if you apply yourself and put that paperwork together, affidavit and contract and sign everything correctly, it does work. And, you know, my testimony with the uh, 29000 in child support, I did not have $29,000 to go go to the bank and take out 29000 to pay the child support. I sent that paperwork in and checked that balance uh, about a month later, and it said zero balance. Man, come on. And I'm so thankful because, you know, half of uh, of that taking place is what I've learned here being in this nation. And, uh, you know, it's what you've been teaching us. And then secondly, you know, just reading the scriptures, learning how to uh, re- rethink as a man and what we have to do out here. We know the Most High is responsible for everything, even Trump being in the White House and, and he's just giving us tons of examples. You know, I, I look at the Amish and how they thrive as a community. I look at China, how they rebuild themselves uh, economically. And that's what we got to do so we can overcome, but we can't do that until we stop running around in circles, calling ourselves Moors, calling ourselves Egyptians, calling ourselves black-colored Negroes, 
I mean, the stupidity has to end. And once we wake up as a people, as brothers, because that's what's going to take us brothers, you know, 12,000 men from each tribe. That, you know, you think about here we are in 2017, and the most are still waiting for 12,000 men from each each tribe to say, okay, we finally figured it out. We know we're supposed to keep these commandments. We're ready to contract properly. We're going to obey you, and everything falls into place. And But we we still <laughs> we still going in circles because we're hard-headed. And, um, you know, when I was, uh, I was reading the Bible last night in uh, Exodus 24, chapter 24, verse 3, when the uh, blood was sprinkled on the people, and they said everything that the Most High said we're going to do. That that covenant, that contract kicked in, and it said, and 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 we are the we are the seed uh, of our forefathers. So we still in that contract here in 2017. So there's no uh, we can't get out of that contract. And so if we oblige ourselves to um, to adhere to the contract, that's when everything uh, works itself out, and the Most High doesn't. Uh, Go back on his word. He he says he's gonna bless us when we start uh, applying ourselves and and doing everything that we're supposed to do. And like you said, brother priest, the Khazars they just waiting to um, pass the torch. They're ready to give us back what's ours, but we're not we we still not ready for it yet. So once we get our act together, and they they just waiting on us. And um, you know what we're here learning is getting us back to that capacity. And, you know, the brothers that's here on this call, you know, man, we, we got to play our position. So that's why we're here learning. And uh, let's continue to learn what we're supposed to uh, learn, what we're supposed to learn, and let's, and let's put the verb behind it and do what we're supposed to do. And with that, I yield. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Um, we, um, owe it to ourselves to be able to teach our children this stuff. And one more thing I want to say before we end today, um, all this time since day one, I have, I have individually never made an effort to promote the nation like that. And since we started up here this time, um, there were some changes in how promotion and advertising work. And one of the things that I've seen is like, it's not like before. Before, if you put a website, Excuse me. Before, if you put a website out um, and there was no competition, no like names, and you did a search, yours would come up first automatically. Now it's like there is different how it works, but I've seen something pertaining to real estate that I want to share. Um, 
in real estate, when you do banded signs, they may or may not work, but it's all about where you place them. So let's say, I'll give you an example in Austin. South Austin was declared a, nat- a national disaster a couple of years back. That would be the place to promote. South Austin is is kind of far from where I am, but um, it's probably like maybe an hour uh, to 90 minutes away. But you wouldn't place it in a well-to-do neighborhood like North Austin. So if you place a banded sign in North Austin, you're probably not going to get any responses. If you place it in South Austin, you'll probably get some responses because people have been through hardships. It was uh, flooded. They flooded out businesses and all types of stuff. The cost and time that it takes to do a banded sign and then place them all around this the, the area it can get kind of pricey. But on the internet, you can target specific areas, cities, places, and do the same thing, and it's far cheaper. So, I, Sister Tor and I, were uh, joined this uh, real estate association, two of them, like over a year or so ago or whatever, and stopped going because it really wasn't anything to else to really be there for because they kept doing the same thing over and over. But um, they were all of a sudden popping up on my phone. Like, all of a sudden, out of the blue, I see them, the the leaders of the the association, with ads on my phone. And I'm like, how in the hell did they do this? And I learned how they did it. They target a specific area. They find out specific things about those who join the association, and they start hitting them. So... I'm saying that we're at that place where we were ready to do that now. Um, start bringing in some properties and get to going. One moment. So, look, if you see what I'm saying, does anybody have those ads pop up on their phones? Anybody? Nobody? Well, it's because I have a game on my phone, which is a solitary game. I get a lot of ads that pop up. But... It's not just your phone. It can be um, 
You can be while you're surfing on the internet and you could be on Yahoo, you could be on Google, you could be on Start Search, um, whatever. It finds your keywords and matches you with an ad. So those are things we need to think, of, start thinking about doing. And we're going to do it. I'm about to do it probably as soon as we get off here. And I'll do it for the real estate. We'll get it going starting today. So anything anybody wants to say before we close out? And Shalom, uh, phone on the record, this is Auckland. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, you know, <laughs> when I I saw that uh when I saw that video, um, I think that's a that's a part of a larger effort that you know, the Moors are, are actually trying to uh promote I think it's gonna be like a at the end of the day, it's going to be like a full-length movie, three or four hours in length. But that part that I shared was uh, basically, you know, I guess, just highlighting Taj. But <laughs> this is what what was just just kind of crazy to me because when I when I first turned it on, <laughs> um, it was grainy because it was on my phone and I. I was looking at it, and um, I thought I saw TOTMH, and then it just kept going. So I was like, nah, that was, you know, I just kind of, like, dismissed it. Like, that wasn't what I saw. So um, it kind of goes on, and then they had the one guy um, speaking or whatever, and then Taj comes on. But then something said, yeah, that, that was it, <laughs> you know. And um, the thing that made me go back is because in, in the past, you – You've uh, talked about, you know, how you started these guys out and all of this stuff. And um, I'm just like, wow, here it is, you know, yet again, um, you know, just just more and more confirmation of the same thing. The, the reason why I, I think, uh, you know, that just like really stood out to me, on the one hand, it was like that that's that's tight, you know. But on the other hand, it's like, if anybody was sitting in there in that, in, in that uh, assembly and, you know, they saw that, would it even have resonated that this guy is not even affiliated with that promotional material? And then the other thing is, is that, you know, to, you know, for the, for the most part, I mean, I've listened to him in the past and just based on my own studies, you know, and, and what I've learned, you know, since I've been, um, you know, joining with the nation. Um, a lot of the stuff that he says, um, from a historical standpoint, I believe it does pan out. But the issues, the the real issue is, is that, you know, as, as we learn in here, law is specific, and they are, and I and I'm not, I'm not, you know, talking about the statutes. I'm talking about actual law. And they are, they are, from a doctrinal standpoint, they're unclear on some very serious law points in law that really will get you hemmed up if you don't if you don't comprehend it. It's almost like 
you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be a naysayer. I mean, this is just how I see it. It's, it's really like, um, I, I give you a good example, like Dr. Savy. I love Dr. Savy because, you know, he has taken something, you know, and something as, uh, well, he's he's taken a concept that that, um, you know, in this reality in this civilization. Mm-hmm. A concept that has been um, over complicated and really mystified, which is divine health, and he's taken it, and where the practitioners, you know, those individuals that will seek to profit off of you on your quest for divine health, you know, he's sort of simplified it as something that can be obtainable as long as you align yourself with you know, and particularly with, you know, said African peoples, um, as long as you align yourself back to nature and, you know, honor your mother and your father, you know, just a different uh, play on that same thing, alignment with, with nature and natural law, just just with a, a different perspective. <clears throat> he's, he's really simplified that, but you got the pharmaceutical companies, you got the doctors, all of these individuals that stand to reap some sort of, um, value out of this, you know, westernized allopathic Rockefeller medicine, and they've completely complicated that. And I will say, in the same vein, the Moors generally do the same thing. They they've complicated something because, to me, that the, they really come at it from a statutory standpoint. And the thing is, is that you don't recognize that your you're only a creature of the statutes until you choose not to be. You know, when you come back to the creator, for real, you know, those, those things are, are really ancillary. And, and as long as you are in alignment with the creator, by default, you will be in alignment with, you know, that, those, those codes. But they, instead of working it from, instead of working it from left to right, i.e. from, natural law to, you know, the, the, the codes, they try to work it from right to left. And the thing is, is, you know, just looking at it from the standpoint of, and I, I guess because, you know, I've been in the classes and, you know, pers- um, you know, uh, matriculating, you know, through the various degrees, you know, I just see it as we really um, – have something special here in the sense that this really uh, demystifies and simplifies it for the people. It's just, you know, the, the people almost have to catch up to it. Just like the example that you had last week where, you know, you were trying to give, or maybe it was the week before, where you were trying to give the Moore sister a different perspective and saying, okay, here's your issue. Don't approach it that way. But they, it's like they get so caught up in the mechanics of it, um, they don't really, they, they're really missing the spirit of why why we do what we do. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, brother. Keep going. <laughs> well, that, that, that's just... Like I said, that was just my perspective because, you know, the the thing is, is again, you got folks sitting out there, they're looking at it. I'm pretty sure nobody ever, um, you know, gave any credit, 
where credit is due for that for that video, you know. And and then I mean just basic stuff, man. Like like one of the things he said in there was, you know, um, government is matriarchal. And it's like, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I don't disagree with that, but you only given a slant on that. You you got to you got to give a holistic um, perspective. You know, if you're gonna tell the truth, you got to give all sides. Yeah, government is matriarchal, but you can't have a government without law. And what is law? So, but he didn't go into that. You see what I'm saying? It's like it's still that. To me, it's almost like a hodgepodge of different philosophies. It's kind of, kind of like, um, like because I haven't really followed a lot of Dr. York, but it seems to me it's the it's the same thing. Just more, it's just more intense. But it's, but for the most part, you know, it's the same thing. It's like a hodgepodge of different schools of thought, um, you know, kind of stitched together. And you know, in some ways, like like you you'll make you'll utter little colloquialisms that will um, sort of pay homage to the Bible. But then in the next vein, you'll say something that that totally refutes the Bible. It's like, I mean, come on, man. That that's you know. And then another statement was like, uh, you know, talking about how you know we're all the we're, we're all the same people. And I mean that's completely contradictory to, to to what the scriptures say. The scriptures say that you know the Most High made a separation, you know. So you you can't you can't come at it from you you can't cherry pick the things that you want to be detail oriented on and the stuff that you just want to gloss over because it supports your your particular doctrine. So I mean I just wanted to share that just my my perspective on it and I yield. Well, brother, like when you when you get going, you you like really start cracking stuff open. Um, what, what do you think? Wait, let me ask this: Did I ever tell Did I ever tell the class about what Todd did to one of my in laws? Never heard it. Nobody remembers me. Uh, Hakeem, do you remember ever me talking about what he did to my in-law? No, sir. Okay. Well, it's probably because, um, you know, I don't like to talk too much about my personal life, but um, I think it's time that we hear this. But I, I'm going to lead this into something else, so don't go away, brother, because I want to keep you going while you're hot. Um, Todd, this is like, uh, I guess I want to say 2013. Um, what? Well, let me give you some background. When I met Sister Tora, most of her family was uh, with Ali Muhammad, and, and including her. And um, they, some of them switched over to Taj. So Taj was working with one of our, our aunts, and she's married, and... <clears throat> Oh boy. She 
doing the stuff he's talking about and um, ended up getting a $300,000 levy on her and shut everything down in their family. Um, messing around with that nonsense. So, if you can imagine, I'm I'm still dealing with um, those that left Ali Muhammad and Taj Tariq Bay, looking at me like I fit into what they were doing. And all the hurt and the bitterness, the anger, I get that from them. <laughs> it's directed towards me. Okay, so not from Torah, but, you know, from all the rest of them. And it's a whole lot of them that I have to deal with that on a regular, everyday basis. And it's really hurtful um, because it's nothing that I did to them. But then again, I feel responsible because I feel like I introduced these guys to a, a broader audience. So it's like really something that I struggle with and I'm torn with. I'm really spiritually torn about it. But one thing I'm clear on, when you talk about statutory this and that, I'm telling you, Taj Tariq Bay does not know what the hell he's talking about with the law. <laughs> not even close. He's the one that's telling people to go in there and argue a declaration of authority order. And you can't even find anything listed as that in law. He's telling them that they can't do court, they can't try you as a more unless they have a declaration of authority order. It's, it's not right, man. And that's just one story, but several of my in-laws that were all involved with both of them have suffered tremendous damage economically, spiritually, and otherwise. Relationships have been destroyed. And... It's hurtful for me. It's really hurtful for me. I struggle with this a lot. I don't go out here in the public and talk against those people. The scriptures told us not to do that. But I'm telling you, um, Torah showed me the documents that uh, Ali Muhammad uh, was using, and he's signing people up to irrevocable trusts. He was signing them up to his irrevocable trust. And it was just complete madness. I mean, the depths of what I know about both of them, you know, I have yet to ever tell anybody. I'm telling you from firsthand experience that they have destroyed countless hundreds of thousands of our people, hundreds of thousands, literally. I know firsthand. I know from the people that are my in-laws just suffered. I know from people that used to call me on my website, trying to get in contact with them, telling me all the dirt that they were doing. I just, it's just terrible. But Brother Lynn, look, 
with where their minds are, these said Moors, with looking at that and seeing that they're playing in the background this video that they did not make. How do you think they relate in their minds to Hebrews? Hey, Shalom. Shalom. You know, I I really think that, um, you know, for the for the most part, they they want to throw everybody into like a big melting pot. You know what I'm saying? It's like um, like I've I've heard him say in a couple ways where, you know, he, Hebrews are not what we are. Hebrew is something that we did, you know, and, and talking about, you know, crossing over. Again, just completely, you know, for somebody that, for somebody that prides themselves on knowing, um, you know, the etymolo- etymology, you know, the statutes, I mean, they can run you up and down on, you know, these various documents that are, um following, you know, are, are written in perspectives of um, what I would say are, like, third, from a third-party perspective, you know, as opposed to, like, um, a primary perspective. I mean, it, to me, you can't have a primary perspective if you discount the scriptures, you know, and they completely do that. I mean, it's like you said, uh, well, you know, Rahm Emanuel is saying that, uh or acknowledging that uh, the the Constitution is based off of Muslim law, and and so my thinking is, okay, well, you know, how did the, how did the Quran get here? I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you you keep dancing around this, but you you can't you can't discount the scriptures, and the thing is that it's obvious that they they don't comprehend the law because you know they're still you know on this matrilineal, um, you know, inheritance thing. I mean, it it doesn't make sense. I think, you know, really what I think is is that they look at Hebrews as just another group, meaning that, you know, it's something that, you know, we just decided to call ourselves, but at the end of the day, they're not taking that to be uh, actual um, denotation of, of a faith or a nationality. You know, he 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 doesn't just in in listening and listening to him speak. He doesn't really comprehend what nationality is based on how we've learned it in the nation. So, how you? Hmm. What is he? What do you think he thinks nationality is then? Um. I mean, and again, I, I you know I don't want to you know necessarily put words in his mouth, but I'm just just based off of what what I've understood. You know, he's talking about Moabites, but but he's talking about Moabites from a matrilineal perspective as opposed to a patrilineal perspective. And so, 
you know, that that's the reason why, like I said, when he made that statement of government is matriarchal, I mean, okay, we, we again, we get that, but because you didn't further specify, to me, that is like you agreeing or concurring with this uh, mind state or perspective that nationality is passed down through the mother's line and not the father's line because he even tried to shore it up with you know some of this some of these things that i've I've heard polite uh respectful brother polite say um in that you know a woman is born with all of her eggs and to me you know it's like they're trying to in some way insinuate that eggs are actually seed so a woman is born with all of her eggs when, when you know a man has to, you know, generate his. So to, for me, it's, it's not so much what they're saying; it's what they're leaving out that really shows the the lack of understanding. You know, I mean, from 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 his perspective, it is you you get your your nationality from your mother and not your father. You know, and the thing is, is you know, you. First of all, where did you even get the term Moabite from? You got it from the scriptures. So if you got it from the scriptures, then you got to take into account that the scriptures actually offer definition on what a Moabite is. And if you're talking about nationality, the scriptures offer a definition on that as well. But the definitions that are offered don't fit the paradigm that you're you know, you've been you've been handed and you're trying to, you know, uh, perpetuate. That's the problem. You know, it's it's like they they don't have enough <laughs> to me it's just like they don't have enough com common sense to get out it's almost like a you know, you throw a, a cat a a ball of yarn and they get tangled up in it and it's like they don't have enough sense to know that okay, you can just calm down you know, um, you know, be a little less emotional, you can get out of that entanglement. But I think it's the I, I think it's the entanglement and the pre um occupation with nonsense that really fuels them. It's almost like they'll explain themselves into a, a conundrum and it's you know, it's just another intellectual exercise. But at the end of the day, if you try to independently verify, you know, just like uh, the the process that, you know, you say the elders taught you, you know, study for, pick it up, study for, put it down, pick it up, study against, put it down, pick it up, now make a, a, a critical analysis. They, they ain't trying to do that. I yield. Man, you know what? Um they get that from Nova Ali saying that we are Moabites based on Ruth, Ruth married Boaz. Boaz was an Israelite. Ruth was a Moabite. But the question is, was Ruth really a Moabite by nationality or was she won by citizenship? Because back then, they weren't always using those terms um, separately from citizenships and nationalities sometimes. So 
there's a there's an argument that Ruth was actually a, a Judahite in Moab. So anyway, to say when I I did hear the part where he said something about is based on Muslim law. Okay, but where did that come from? You know, like it came from Hebrews <laughs> without a doubt. It is not even arguable. And I can see where you say if they leave things out. But you know what? What, are, what else are they going to do? Brother Kendrick, what, what have you, what are your thoughts on where these guys are at, those boys? Um, Salama. What I'm hearing is it all boils down to, to me, it boils down to two things. All these guys want to deny the patriarch and the foundation of Hebrew, if I said that right. Because when you look at everything and you study it as we've studied, all of us have done it in various ways and, 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 and perspectives, it all boils down to, it all came to, comes down to the Hebrew. And the other aspect of that is the patriarchal architecture. But all of these so-called conscious people, the more included, nobody wants to, to, to accept or admit or articulate the patriarch. It seems like that's the one thing they all want to deny. <laughs> I mean, we all understand the woman has all her eggs, but we don't. Our nationality and origins, our nationalities, stem from our fathers, from the patriarchal side of the family. But none of these people, none of them will articulate that at any cost. It seems like they do everything that they can to not only not go there, but even to outright deny it. And that's what I'm hearing and seeing. I mean, it, it, it just don't make no sense to me, but that this is what I see they do. And I hear Yeah, as you're saying that, I see what you mean because uh, they do. They, when I'm thinking about what you're saying, they do actually just flat out block out the whole idea that there was a, a, a patriarch and a man involved. And and as you're saying that, it was hitting me like, wait a minute, that's Roman. That's that's the woman worshipped. That's woman mm-hmm. worship. That's Roman. Theology, and they also teach a woman can get pregnant without a man. Moors teach that. That's Roman Catholic <laughs> theology, religion, BS. That's crazy, man. But you know, I just in my gut, I believe what the scripture says. There's going to be people pulled out of all of these different walks of life that are babes, that are babies. They're going to be pulled out of that. They're not going to get so deep-rooted in it 
that it ruins them, but they'll get enough from it that it can help them. And I really believe that that's going to really start happening now um, more and more and more. But we're on, the, we're on the come up. We're on the rise. We're growing. It's a slow crawl. We ain't doing a lot of stuff, but we're still progressing. No matter who falls off, it has not set us astray, has not knocked us off the path. We're steady growing. And we got some really good people, too. We really do. This see the thought batch, man, they are really, man, really good people. Anyhow, um, I'll have something for us for next week. I got to work out this security issue, so, but I definitely will have something for us for next week. So thank you all for being here. Shalom. 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 Shalom.